Hey you, do us a favor. Before you start listening to this great episode, go ahead and like, subscribe, and give us your feedback on whatever app you're listening to us on. Thanks, now enjoy. Welcome to the FOH After Dark Podcast. Listeners, please be advised. This is Adults Only Podcast. Yes, Adults Only. (laughs) And if you're uncomfortable with sexual conversation, please, please get the fuck out of here. Hello, my name is DJ Baby Blue Diamond, and you're tuning in to FOH After Dark, where we talk about love, sex, relationship, and more sex. Our other co-host, Pretty Nikki, cannot make it tonight, so it's just going to be me, and we have a special guest in the building. I don't want to pronounce your name wrong. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. <laughs> okay. I am Dr. Shakira Abdullah. I'm a sexologist. I also go by the Halal Sex Group. Okay, the Allah sex expert. I like that. Why is it insp- why is it important to have, you know, a representation for the Muslim communities talk about sex and relationships? Cause a lot of times it's considered like taboo. Like sex is like a dirty word and it's something that is like hidden. So I think it's important for us to be able to talk about how we can better like improve our relationships, um, how to talk to our children about sex. It's really important. About how um, do people ever find it strange when you bring it up, especially in the Muslim community, or do they are they open to it? It's different. Like a lot of times, they'll say, you know, um, I get a lot. I get more of like I'm so happy that you're doing this work because I've never heard of a Muslim sexologist before. Um, because I, you know, I base everything off of like a lot of our beliefs and our value system, and I use that to kind of guide me um, when I'm talking about sexuality. So I kind of combine both, you know, both worlds. That's good to hear. Um, you have a webinar coming soon. It's called "What That Mouth Do." How'd you come up with the title of it? And <laughs> what can people expect from this webinar? So I came up with the title because I was just trying to be creative and like something, you know, fun. Um, So that's where the title came from. But the class is all about learning about um, foreplay, the different types of foreplay. A lot of people don't know, like there's different types of foreplay um, about fellatio. So different tips and techniques on how to perform oral sex on a man and also how to use our mouth verbally with how to communicate how communicate our wants, needs and desires with our spouse and with our partners. What would you say the one advice you can give to someone if they're trying to communicate better in the bedroom? I know there's lots of advice, but like, what's that one go-to? The wrong thing to do? The one go-to advice that you can give to help better communicate in the bedroom. Oh, um, to use I statements instead of accusatory use statements. For example, if you don't like something, then you say, you know, I like it when you do this. Um, instead of saying, you don't know how to please me, you always do this wrong, it's, 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 it would be better for you to start with yourself first and say, you know, I didn't feel safe when you did this, or I did, it didn't feel good to me when you did that. Um, it would feel better if you did this. Um, but just kind of putting the full focus on yourself instead of putting the person in defense mode by saying things like, you know, you don't know how to please me, you're not doing that right, you don't know what you're doing, you know, those, that's kind of like, you know, you're not going to get what you want at the end because it's not all about what we say, but how we say it. 
So after you mentioned, like you said, you say like, let's say I was to say, oh, I don't like it when you do this with your tongue when you're going down. Then what's the next step after that? How do you like teach them or how do you tell them, okay, this is what you can do better? You can either say, you can say, let's try to do it this way instead. You can give a suggestion. If you know specifically what you want and how you want it, you communicate that. Let them know, I, I want you to flick your tongue like this and maybe show them or give an example. Um, that's okay to do too. So it really depends if you just know that I don't like the way you do it and I know we just need to switch it up. Like we need to try something else. Or if you know specifically exactly what you want, don't be afraid to open your mouth and share that because your partner wants to please you. So you're not hurting their feelings. They think that they're pleasing you. That's why they're doing it this way. Yeah. Know that it's not. So it's important for us to center our pleasure in our relationships. Now you have um, set talk classes that you teach. How often do you teach those? And what can people get from them if they decide to enroll? So the sex talks classes are for parents. So helping them learn how to talk to their children about sex and sexuality and how it's not just supposed to be this one birds and bees conversation, it's multiple conversations. Like sex is all around us. We live in such a high sexualized society that we need to be able to kind of take those different moments that our children are going to encounter and turn them into a teachable moment where they can learn something and you can have those feel comfortable with having those open and honest conversations with your children, no matter, you know, what age they are. So in the course, we go through all the different, all the ages, um, and based on their developmental level, what type of content can they have, can they handle, what's age appropriate for them, how to deliver it in a, um, informal and like comfortable way. Um, so we go through all of that. So that course is a six week course. Um, I offer it, um, with different cohorts. So I offer it usually every three to four months. What's the youngest do you teach them? Or what's the youngest should a child start learning about not just sex, but like body parts and then get into the sex and all that? I was, well, we go through around age three to four. So at ages three to four, you should teach them the names of their body parts. They should know the proper anatomical correct names of their body parts, right? Um, and that's to help prevent abuse. That's so that they normalize that this is just like you have your nose, your eyes, your ears. You have a vulva. You have a penis. You have the anus. You have, you know, you have these other body parts that um, it's important for you to know the proper name so that if something hurts, uh, that if someone is touching you there, if someone is playing with you there, you know the right term to say, um, to tell a trusted adult. Um, I saw today on The View, they were talking about how some parents are letting social media teach their kids about sex, especially TikTok. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I would say if the parent is um, watching the TikTok where they're kind of getting their information from and they feel like this is okay, this is a great conversation starter, then that's fine. But to just let and then you guys can have a conversation where you're kind of clarifying things, you're answering their questions. Um, but TikTok is only a, what, 20 second, 30 second video. So it's kind of like, how much are you giving them? I'm sure they're going to have questions afterwards. They can't directly talk to the content creator. So if you're going to teach that way or kind of use that as a starter, like a conversation starter, that's fine. But you need to be able to, you know, back that up and kind of debrief with them afterwards. Do you offer any classes for um, kids or teenagers or just adults only? 
I used to, I actually, I still do, but I haven't done it since COVID. And that's kind of actually how I started. I was doing youth workshops. Me and my husband actually was doing that together with um, um, particularly more, most mostly um, Muslim youth and we pr pretty much got with them and we were educating them about sexuality and preparing them for marriage and answering any other questions they had about their bodies and learning about their body parts and all that how to please their future spouse and stuff like that um, so yeah it started off that way what advice that. do you have for any teenagers who want to who have questions about sex in their body and they want to ask their parents but they feel like they can't especially if they're Muslim or they're very in a Christian based household how do you, what do you, what advice do you feel like they can do to approach, to approach their parents? Sorry, I couldn't get that out. Um, That's actually how I got started. Cause it was like, Dr. Care, I can't talk to my parents about this. And I was like, well, that's the yeah. problem. And that's where I started teaching parents. Um, But for the, particularly, I guess, feeling comfortable enough to find that trusted adult to be able to kind of be that bridge or not being afraid to just ask a question to their parent. Um, maybe they haven't had a relationship with their parent around sexuality particularly, but maybe they have um, a better, you know, some some comfort level where they feel comfortable enough to ask a, a simple question. Like, I heard this word before, what does it mean? Or, you know, this happened at school today, can we talk about it? Um, and a lot of kids do that to kind of like test the waters but sometimes parents go you know like <laughs> go crazy or kind of turn like go like um kind of blow things out of proportion and it's kind of like well i'm never coming back to you to ask you anything again so i like that's one of the main things i educate parents on not to do that like you can't um get mad at them for asking a question or for looking at something that maybe they shouldn't have been looking at but their curious minds, you can you can instead use that moment as a teachable moment and as an opportunity for you to kind of start having these open conversations. I know we're having connective issues right now. I don't know what's going on. We're going to try to see if we can get this back. Okay, there you go. We're back. <laughs> I think something was going on with my internet. Um, I like the post that you made on your Instagram that says, Sex Ed Begins at Home. Which is true because, you know, your parents should be your first teacher in sex ed. But like you said, there's a lot of parents who might not know. So you do have classes to teach them. Um, and parents are nervous to go to your classes. Are they nervous to um, talk to their children about it? What's one advice you can give parents to like, kind of like an icebreaker to get mm -hmm. them to start that conversation? Um, Instead of coming like off saying, you having sex? Like, <laughs> And then sex, sex is all right. So, and then sexuality education isn't just limited to just intercourse. It's like way yeah. beyond that. It's not just that. So kind of reflecting back, I would challenge parents to reflect on their own. Like think back to when their own experience. Like what type of sexuality education did they receive growing up? And if they didn't receive any, what type of values or what type of things did they grow up learning? Like, Dag, I wish somebody would have told me that, or I wish I would have learned that. And kind of using that to incorporate into their sexuality education that they're providing their, their kids is like golden. Cause it's kind of like, this is your child. This is what you want to make sure that they know. And then, you know, you can also learn other things from, you know, online or from like going to different courses from me, but those values that you got yourself growing up are like golden. So you definitely want to be able to share that with your child and, Use it in a story. You can tell a story. You don't have to tell them it's particularly about you or how you learned it, but it's a great way to um, kind of start. 
I know earlier you mentioned that you and your husband teach classes together. Do you only teach the females and he teaches the males or do you all switch it up sometimes? And how does that work out? So sometimes it is separate and then, but the most time is both of us together. So both of us on the stage together. And then we have an audience of men, um, men and women together. So boys and girls together. Um, and we talk about different issues. Who has the most questions, the girls or the boys? Who do you feel like have the most questions? I'm more curious. Um, usually I have more girls in my workshops, so they um, typically have more questions. The boys, um, they may wait till the end to um, ask questions. So they're typically more shy. They kind of just sit back and kind of listen more. Um, so yeah, definitely the girls. But I like that you mentioned that, that you tend to have more girls than boys, because that's going to be a problem. Boys tend not to like, not really want to know about the sex ed or know about their body and all that, because a lot of men don't even know about that they have their own pH balance, that they need to take care of themselves and all that. So what can we do to get more men involved with their health and their bodies? Talking to them more, and because a lot of times they have this misconception that they could just learn from pornography. That's not true. I mean, for, pornography should never be used as an education tool. It can. No. It's something you know. It's a fantasy. It's something that people are making money off of. So we have to start having more open conversations with our boys about sex. I agree with that one hundred percent. Is it hard being? I know I probably asked you this earlier, but is it very hard being religious, talking about sex, and doing it in an open platform like social media? Because sometimes people do it in private, but you put it out there for everyone to see. Do you ever get any criticism? Anyone? Um, a little, not as much as people think I would get, <laughs> but I think it's important for people to remember to to realize that you can be spiritual and sexual. You could be religious and sexual. Like you, they're not two separate opposite things. Um, it's just the way that I navigate that. So even though I'm a sexual person, I can be that and more with my spouse, and I can educate people um, without dressing a certain way. Or yeah. still, there's still room space for me to be both and for people to be both. Do you feel like that's still a taboo subject? you know, your body, sex, and, like, religion? Or do you feel like more religion people open up, are more open to it now, nowadays? Um, I think just getting over the, the stereotypes, because that's not, you know, learning that that's not true. So, so once I got to learn more about my religion and learn about, you know, that, the, you know, the Quran mentions things about sex and how God created my body, and he created my clitoris and my other sexual organs and how I can experience pleasure throughout my body. Like he created this whole thing. So he, he wants me to feel good. He wants me to experience pleasure. So helping religious people realize that, that, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of times with colonialism and, um, you know, with slavery and everything kind of made us believe that sex was this dirty thing. Um, yeah. Supposed to be to make babies. It's kind of like if it was only supposed to be to make babies, it wouldn't feel good. And it wouldn't be like this, you know, this great thing. So I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think I look at sex as a gift from God and not as, you know, the opposite. Do you ever bring the Bible into any of your lessons? I know you say you do teach some of the Muslim teens. Mm -hmm. I bring the Quran a lot because they're Muslim and because, um, you know, we hold value to the Quran. So I bring, um, do bring in the Quran. I bring in a lot of different prophetic stories um, that center sex and different issues in sexuality. Um, yeah.
What is the main thing you want anyone to visit that visit your social media platform to get from it? Just that I provide, you know, sexuality education to the Muslim community. Um, primarily, they're my primary audience. So I always bring in our values and beliefs um, into that space and into and kind of connecting both worlds and helping them realize that, like I said before, you can be spiritual and sexual. It's okay to learn things about your body. It's okay to learn things about your spouse's body or your future spouse's body. It's okay for you to, it's important for you to talk to your children about sex and sexuality. And you're not doing anything wrong by doing that. If people, if anyone wants to sign up for your webinar or your sex talk classes, where can they sign up? Give us all that information. Yes, yeah, so you can go to my Instagram page. My Instagram page is at the Halal Sexpert on Instagram. And then if you just click the link in my bio, um, all my courses are there. Um, my email is there. If you have questions and you want to get in contact with me, you can do that there. Um, yeah, so through my Instagram page. And again, that's at the Halal Sexpert. Now, um, I know we talked about important the sex health and having that sex conversation and with the adults. I think we're back. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. I can't see you though. Okay. Can you see me now? <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you heard my last question before we got disconnected. Um, no. So I was asking, um, what are your thoughts on using sex toys in the bedroom or to spice up the relationship? My so I think they can be fun and definitely switch things up. I think they should be used every once in a blue moon, not all the time, like not every single time, because you can't compare, like for example, a vibrator to a penis or you know, it's a machine versus a human being. And yeah. if you need a vibrator all the time to have an orgasm, then that's going to be a problem and create issues in the bedroom. Um, another thing that vibrators or certain toys can do, they can sometimes desensitize. So our clitoris and head of the penis is very sensitive. So you don't want to overuse it because it can desensitize it. So then you won't feel pleasure after a while. And it will come back. But sometimes it can take days. It can take weeks. It can take months. Oh, so you wow. don't want to um, overuse it. So definitely every once in a while is fine, but just not all the time. I did not know that. You can lose that. Yeah. That's good to know. So if you out there using sex toys every day, don't do it. Yeah. You know every day. Like, you know, every once in a while, like a treat, treat it like, you know, every once in a blue moon. Yeah. So how do you spice it up in your marriage? How do you have date nights or get away from the kids? Um, you I guess you gotta prioritize it. You have to prioritize it in your marriage. Um so just like you have to go to work and somebody has to write, watch the kids because you got to go to work or you got to meet or something. And same thing, um, prioritize date nights, prioritize time that you have alone with your spouse, vacations, whatever it is. Um, make sure, you know, you prioritize it and you help. You find someone or find family members or whoever you need to, you know, for child care if you can. 
just like you would like with work or like well, thank you, Dr. Adula, for being on our show. We appreciate you giving out the knowledge that you gave, because I know some people learned a lot. I know I did, especially about the sex toys and that's <laughs> and other stuff. No, I learned a lot, too, because I like the fact that you said that it does start young with knowing the body parts. Yeah, the you can use things like their dolls or their action figures or teddy bears, to because kids at that age learn best from play. So being able to incorporate their toys and help in making a game out of it, like, okay, what is this? Oh, this is your head. Oh, this, oh, this, is this is your elbow. This is your penis. This is your vulva. Or, you know, and kind of just playing a game with them or reminding them by using their toys is a great way to start that conversation. Well, again, we appreciate you being on our show. Can one more time let people know where they can check out your Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff so they can, if they have any more questions, they can inbox you. Yeah, so my Instagram is at the Halal Sexpert, and my Facebook is Shakira Abdullah, like you see on the screen. And those are the best ways to contact me. Facebook, not so much, I don't because I don't get the alerts immediately to my phone. But you can Instagram, yes, Instagram. You can email me. Emailing me is the best way to ask a question. Um, DMs kind of get overwhelming sometimes, so the easiest way to get in touch with me and the fastest way is through emails. Make sure you go ahead, check her out on Instagram. Make sure if you have any questions, go ahead. Like she said, email her. Sign up for her classes. If you want to learn more about sex, education, your body, anything else, sign up for her classes. Or if you have any kids that you feel like need to learn anything and you don't really know how to teach them, have them sign up for her classes. You will definitely learn something. And again, you're here with FOH After Dark. I'm DJ Baby Don. Make sure you have love, sex, good sex, and safe sex. Make sure you have safe sex and we are out.